as he takes out his energy drink, multitasking over there, <laughs> making sure we're on air and is like, oh, wait, we got to get the energy drink going. Hey, I, I agree with you. I have my coffee in hand. Of course, have my water and everything. And yeah, it's Wednesday, which you know what that means. It's Manawahine Wednesday. Shout out to all of our ladies that are listening out there. Go out and be awesome. Even though you guys are awesome every day. I was going to say, yeah. just like every day. Yeah, just like every day. But it is Manawahine Wednesday. So uh, coming up a little later on the show, we will actually play a clip for you from University of Hawaii women's basketball player Kelsey Imai, one of the local girls on the squad that just, man, she's like a straight baller. I love watching her play. And, I, and she's still going to be here another year. So it's going to be exciting to see how much better she even gets and just... Just like all of the ladies on that team, such an incredible team player. But today will be the release of Kelsey Emai's episode on the Hawaii Players Pod brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. So uh, that episode will come out later today around five o'clock on our YouTube channel. But on the show, we will play a good snippet for you. Just her talking about, um, you know, wanting to play basketball because of her much older sisters, but also going up against her brother that's closer to her in age, but a lot, you know, that's how she deals with a lot of the size of uh, players that she plays against. It's funny because she kind of chuckles that it's the first time she's going to give him credit for <laughs> anything. So uh, we'll hear from Kelsey Emai. We'll also talk a little bit of University of Hawaii baseball. And I don't know. We'll just see what else happens <laughs> throughout the rest of the day. What else rolls it's one on of, It's in. one of those those days. The Manawahine Wednesday, the midday or midweek vibes. Nothing crazy going outside the window, though, yet. yet. The show's just getting started. Operative but, word is yet. <laughs> that is definitely the word. All right. But want to get into it. Talk some baseball. I know we've talked extensively, it feels like, about basketball on the show since Monday through yesterday. I want to talk a little rainbow baseball as they had that split over the weekend over former national champions, not too long, far removed from that, Ole Miss. Now, this weekend, though, as Rich Hill had talked about stacking up their schedule, playing the number 13th ranked NC State coming into town this weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just one game each day but this is what head coach Rich Hill had to say um, at the media scrum yesterday just recapping their game against Ole Miss. Well, it's great that you got to go with a lot of your young guys this past weekend and they did fairly well I guess but you've probably seen that in the fall camp. Yeah I think that was kind of the story of the weekend you know as our freshmen you know starting with Elijah Ikes you know who was nominated for Big West Player of the Week. Uh, I think he leads our team in hitting, but just very impressive ABs. You know, as you can see, a lot of two-strike hits, you know, really knew the strike zone, uh, played great defense uh, on the bases, played a couple different positions. So, you know, starts with him and then uh, local boy, and then uh, Itsuki Takamoto, you know, I mean, a highly touted uh, guy, didn't disappoint. That's the best I've seen Itsuki, and, uh, you know, that's six strikeouts and a hit. Uh, in a save, you know, three inning save situation, kind of high leverage came in there in the sixth or whatever it was, the, the fifth in that seven inning game. And then Isaiah Magdaleno, that's a, you know, he's carried a no hitter into the fifth against an SEC team that won a national championship 20 months ago. So, uh, yeah, young guys, uh, I think that was the story of the weekend. You brought up Elijah. You know, obviously, it's one thing seeing it in the fall, but then. If he gets thrown out here and there's 12,000 people over the weekend and if he's still able to be that guy that you 
expected out of him. How, how big is that for this team? Well, Elijah is one of those guys uh, that keeps improving every day at a very high rate. Uh, he has a very high aptitude for learning. Uh, you know, his skill set's off the chart, you know, he's tooled out. Uh, but, you know, the baseball part of it, the experiential part of it, um, is what he needs, and that's why they play 140 games in the minor leagues. You know, I mean, those guys, they play forever until they get to the big leagues, and he's no different, you know. Uh, he's uh, kind of got ice in his veins, you know, and, and I really didn't even give that a second thought. I, I knew the moment, you know, uh, wouldn't be too big for him. We talk a lot in this program about managing the moment, um, and, uh, you know, you saw that out of him. Itsuki, same thing, you know. He's, Thrown in front of 40,000 people at a high school tournament. Isaiah Magdaleno, I mean, he won the magic moment the other day. I mean, he shook Zuni in that first inning, you know, to a full count change up to strike the guy out. So, uh, a lot of composure, a lot of poise. And, you know, get the weekend split against Ole Miss. Uh, kind of talk about uh, what you kind of learned about this team or anything that was kind of reaffirmed to you about this team after going up against Ole Miss and splitting the series. Well, in the preseason, you know, it's kind of that double-edged sword. You're kind of finding out, you know, uh, what you have. You want to get your ducks in a row. Uh, guys that put on that Hawaii uniform deserve an opportunity to play in front of this fan base uh, to show uh, what they can do and uh, to prove um, their mettle. And uh, I think we had 15 pitchers. We had a bunch of, I think every position player just about uh, played. So, you know, you learn, you know, what guys are like when they put the uniform on because it all changes, you know, and that's all mental. Uh, but um, I think we found, you know, a couple guys at the back end of the pen. I think we learned that. You know, I mean, you really like Danny Bellas. Uh, Itsuki, Isaiah Magdaleno, Giroux was good, the two starters. Connor Harrison uh, really had a good bounce back. And Tyler Dyball, you know, I mean, that was the best I've seen him since I've been here. So um, Austin Machado. I mean, that portal, you know, transfer from St. John's, probably our most consistent hitter. So, you know, we, we learned a lot. And with uh, NC State coming into town, you know, another quality of training, you know, what what do they present to you guys um, as far as um, Well, they present a huge challenge. That's a nationally ranked team coming in here. The thing that stands out about them is they're pitching. Uh, very deep, you know. Uh, they, can, they can really, really pitch. Um, Elliot Avent is a great coach. He's a good friend of mine. We coached together with Team USA in 15. Uh, they're just, a, you know, they've been at the top of the ACC, you know, for years, you know, and uh, it's, a, it's a different style, you know. I think they're going to be a little bit more physical. Um, their front line pitching uh, is going to be a little bit more polished uh, than we saw. So it's a tremendous test, you know, probably the biggest test of the year. Austin said you've known him for a long time. Mm -hmm. Is that the importance of building relationships that it might not be the right time? What's that? Is it the importance of building relationships with a lot of these guys that, that they will, you know, they might be, you know, sold on you right now, but eventually later that, uh, you know, part of the family? Well, I mean, coaching, you know, uh, is, is really all about connection. You know, it's all about building relationships. Uh, that's what I believe, you know. So Austin uh, and his family, you know, his dad is a legendary high school coach in San Diego. We've known each other forever. I think Austin's still mad at me 
for not recruiting him in San Diego. I think he still saved the voicemail, you know. We and um, but now we get, you know, we get to be together, so uh, uh, all is good. But we're happy to have him here. I'm glad it worked out for sure. Also, another thing about you recruiting, it seemed like uh, you emphasized a lot of defense. Um, it seemed like the team you put on the field last week was just really defensive-minded and. Uh, Fundamental base, is that right? Yeah, I mean, in in recruiting, you know, I mean, we we have a you know a blueprint, and uh, we want athletes as position players, somebody that's going to cause some anxiety, you know, for that coach and the players in the other dugout, whether it be power, speed, athleticism, and if you're a premium position guy, which you know we consider up the middle, and really here at the less, you know, if you play outfield, I mean, you, you have to be able to run, you know, so. Um, that's the, the premium that we put on our position players, and uh, I think they can all play defense. And I, and I really believe you can make yourself a defensive specialist. You know, uh, that's a controllable aspect. You talk, especially when you first got here, you talk so much about putting the pressure on teams, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah. I think when you say that, people automatically think offensively, because, you know, punting and moving guys. And, but defense really sets the tone on that, right? Because if they know that you're not going to make mistakes, and that puts pressure on their offense. I mean, how, how much does that help in your style of punch? Well, I mean, that's you know, Gino Ariema. You know, I mean, anytime I talk about UConn women's basketball, that they, that's their whole premise. I mean, they just they don't make mistakes, and they practice over and over and over of not making mistakes. Brock Purdy, you know, this guy went to the Super Bowl, and he just followed the rules, is what we call it. You know, and there's rules that you know the offense and defense and uh, we try to you know to really do that I don't know if, if another team really thinks about that like these guys aren't going to make mistakes but in their scouting report they're going to look at our uh, fielding percentage you know and say you know it's going to take three hits in an inning they're not going to beat themselves um, they're really good at following the rules uh, and you know it, it's pretty systematic approach to defense that was University of Hawaii baseball head coach Rich Hill yesterday answering questions from the media as they get ready to play a nationally ranked team, number 13, NC State, a.k.a. The Puppies. <laughs> it's uh, it's exciting. The the bows, the base bows. The puppies. Continue to stack up their early season schedule. Coach Rich Hill has talked a lot about wanting to give the fans at the less the top tier experience and this is a top tier experience against the puppies um who are number 13 in the nation and to be totally fair for fans who might hear that and be like oh god the bows received top 25 recognition they they were not ranked in the top 25 but they received votes ranked just outside the top 25 along with Ole Miss who they just played mm -hmm. so this is a team that is at least viewed by the coaches nationally as a pretty good group here in Manoa. So I'm excited to see how they kind of match up against NC State just for a measuring stick type of series. A nice job splitting opening weekend and really could have gone three and one if not for a 13 inning marathon to open the year up. And uh, now you have an opportunity to really kind of put yourself on the national map in this upcoming series against NC State. And and we've already seen some upsets in baseball at that. And, and that's kind of why I look at it. And it's been a theme all throughout collegiate sports this year where the parity 
all through Division One is impressive. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who's taking on who each day, each night. Somebody is always in trouble of being upset. And, uh, well, the puppies are on upset watch coming on up. That's why we always say that's why they played the games. But I like what um, Coach Hill said kind of towards the ending of that because it's so true in especially baseball. But I love how he threw out a Gina Ariema and UConn women's basketball. And one of the reasons why they're successful is because they don't make mistakes. He also talked about Brock Purdy and how he limits his mistakes. And that is so true with baseball. I mean, that's why that's why they record errors in the stat sheet for baseball is because it's like it'll be something very, very significant that can change the game. So I like how he said that was one of their goals where when other teams start doing their scout and looking at their stat sheet and realize like, wow, this team plays like really, really clean baseball. So that's what Coach Hill tries to harp on with this team because, you know, you're going to face really good hitters, right? I mean, if they get it on the field, if they get a hit, as long as you can field it properly and not mess it up, you'll limit an extra base or a run. And the way, as I joke, but it's not a joke, that's how the games will like seem like they're long, but it's because Rich Hill manages it the way that he does. But the main thing is that it leads to wins, like we've seen already with Ole Miss. So I wanted to kind of Um, reiterate what he said at the end of that little media scrum there. Yeah, it's important to play clean baseball. A lot of times you mentioned defense and even this upcoming weekend or against NC State and the Wolfpack there, I do want to give them their actual (laughs) flowers and their name because they are a a great program. I I say it all in jest as a a fellow ACC person (laughs) uh, from, from Syracuse area, but NC State has an elite catcher who we didn't ask him during the scrum, but I did ask him off to the side in Jacob Cozart, who is on the uh, MLB prospects for this upcoming year's draft in the top 100. He's ranked, I believe, 86th, and he's one of the best catchers in America. Those lists include both high school and college players. So he's coming in. We talk a lot about the pitching for NC State a lot of times. They've also produced some MLB talent behind the dish. So it's going to be fun in that sense to see talent that's going to the next level in you know a year or so or two, three years from now. So I'm excited to see Jacob Cozart here at the Less continuing the the trend of adding more and more and more talent on display both here for the bows and playing against them because to be the best you got to beat the best and uh well the best is blessed the best is blessed (laughs) And, and coach rich hill is bringing in the best here to play for and against the bows and uh so you can get uh the video version of coach hill on our youtube channel a little later today along with uh, freshman pitcher Isaiah Magdaleno, he also answered questions from the media. One thing that stood out to me just real quick about his scrum is just about he was asked, you know, about you don't really need much energy. It's not like there's additional space for the energy that you need because your coach in Rich Hill is always full of energy. But how the crowd that was in attendance over the weekend helps with give that energy and Isaiah was just like oh it's incredible and and I think that's something that Hawaii fans can be proud of I mean it was like a little over 12,000 fans over the weekend the first night was a sellout standing room only 
So people here love their baseball. It's similar to, you know, just conference wise. We always draw a lot for baseball. And then we look over at men's volleyball, always at the top as well. And women's volleyball, well, were, were we like when it, the season finished? I think number third, two, I thought, in the nation. Maybe it was third. third. I think behind like Nebraska and one of the other schools nope, or something. I'm only, I'm saying we're going second. with number two. But shout out to all of you Rainbow uh, Warrior and Rainbow Wahine fans that just supporting your teams out there and. We want to see you for women's basketball, too. Yeah. Although, shout out to our fans that we do average way more. Again, if we're just looking at the conference, we average way more in attendance at our women's basketball games compared to the rest of the conference. So, Boy, hey, we, fans put on. They really, really do. It. We're doing the darn thing. All right. Got to step aside. When we come back, we will play the segment for you and know, learn a little bit more about Kelsey Imai, a women, Rainbow Wahine guard. Next on Wake Up in the Den. Please don't stop the music. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kuule Ogbayani and Paul Brecht. It's Manawahine Wednesday. And because it is, uh, today's newest episode of the Hawaii Players Pod drops featuring Rainbow Wahine basketball guard Kelsey Imai. Uh, so to prepare you for that, and hopefully you guys go and watch it later on, 5 o'clock today, hosted by Olivia Austin and brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. Here's a little clip uh, from that episode where Kelsey just you know talks about how she gravitated a little more towards basketball and what was the determining factor of her? It was, why it was a no-brainer that she chose to play for the University of Hawaii? So in high school, how did you perform like in basketball? Were you like kind of the leader on your team always, or did you kind of grow into it? Um, well, my freshman year of high school, I kind of got thrown into the fire. They're like, you're going to be the starting point guard. You don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. So I was the point guard with a bunch of seniors, and they're like my sisters now. Yeah. Whatever. But they would always yell at me and like get on me. But that helped me become who I am. So then Mm -hmm. when they left, we actually had all lower classmen. So. Oh, so then you were already kind of seasoned. Yeah. So then they were so hard on you. After that, like I basically was I was team captain from sophomore year on. And yeah, I just. Do you like thrive under that pressure or were you scared of it? Um, In the beginning, my freshman year, I was a little bit nervous, but then like. Midway through season, I was like, it's fine. Like, just play basketball. You'll be okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then your older sister played basketball as well, you mentioned. Yes, both of my older sisters play basketball. So is that kind of what brought you into it? Just, like, that admiration of, like, wanting to be, like, your older sisters? Or was it something that you kind of found on your own? No, yeah, for sure. Just watching my... um, So I have two sisters, Kirstie and Cammie. And my oldest sister went to UH Hilo. And then my second oldest sister actually went to Utah State. For a couple years and then transferred to H Hilo. And I just remember like going to the college games and it just being so fun for me. And like I got to meet all of their friends and then all of a sudden I'm their little sister. And I just thought that that relationship that they had with their teammates was super cool. And I, you know, like that's something you want. Yeah. It's so. like that companionship, that camaraderie. Yeah. And then also like my brother. Like, oh, you have a brother too? I have a brother and he played basketball. And I would go to his high school games and I just always wanted to be involved. So I was like their little water girl, their little manager and whatnot. Aww. And then we're the little kids that are always wiping up the floors. Yeah, I would so do cute. that for my sister's college games. 
Really? No, they're so cute. They're always like standing there and they have the little matching shirts and they're so like they run and then they're like this actually is so exciting. I promise you. And they have the best seat in the house to watch the game. Yeah. Front row. Absolutely. So like did your sisters kind of help you grow in basketball? Like, Did they kind of coach you, teach you? Um, did you ever like play against them? Um, I never got to play against my sisters just because we have such a big age gap. Mm-hmm. I would always play against my brother. Yeah. And I think that's like, I, this is the first time I'm saying this, but I'm going to give him credit because he's huge. He's six feet tall. Well, to me, that's huge. So like going against him, I think that helped me a lot mm-hmm. to grow as a player. But then um, my oldest sister, Kirsty, she actually coached me for club in high school for like short periods of time. And okay. she was always hard on me. Like she treated me like every other person on that team. She did not treat me like her sister. Did you appreciate that though? Oh yeah, for sure. What is the age gap? Can I ask? Yeah. So um, my oldest sister is 12 years older than me. Oh, wow. And then my second oldest sister is 10 years older than me. Oh, okay. Wow, so there's a 10-year age gap between the closest sibling that's older than you, and then what's the age gap with you? Me and my brother is um, only four years. Okay, that's not too bad. So, is your brother, he would be still in high school then? When I was in, yeah, he was still in high school when I was like in middle school, I guess. Okay, so is he in college now? Does he play basketball? Oh, no. Um, he's done. He's just, he's at home doing his own thing, living his oh, okay. life. So, Gotcha. Um, so at what point did you decide that you were going to go to college for basketball? Um, my freshman year of high school, my dad was like, if you want to play basketball, like you need to take it serious. And I think that's when like my travel ball started getting more serious and mm-hmm. yeah, just dedicated most of my time to basketball yeah and then at what point did you start to get recruited or did you get recruited at all um my junior year of high school that's when I started to get looks and then it was my junior going into my senior year summer that coach Beeman had reached out to me and was like hey I want to offer you a scholarship and it was just a no-brainer for me okay so you automatically knew you were going to come here yeah once once she offered I was like why not? Like yeah. dream school, stay close to home, play division one basketball. Mm-hmm. So was that the main appeal for coming to UH or was there anything else that like factored into it? Um, Definitely watching all the other players that have came that were from Hawaii and just being inspired by them. Like you have people like Shauna Kauai who you have Nani Cockett. Like those are local celebrities to me. So yeah. I've always wanted to be in that position for little girls to look up to. And we love to have you here, Kelsey Emai, Rainbow Wahine basketball guard, sharing a little bit from today's episode of the Hawaii Players Pod brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. You'll be able to catch the full episode on our YouTube channel later today at 5 o'clock p.m. and hosted by Olivia Austin on this Manawahine Wednesday. But Kelsey has just been really and she shared part of it is that she was thrown into the fire as a point guard. Her freshman year in high school with playing with a bunch of players that were older than her, but that really matures you as a player, making you ready for just about anything. So it's a good explanation as to why she is so tough on the basketball court. And it's crazy, right? Like, But I feel like we're all like that, too. It's like on the court or the field, we're just insane and then like (laughs) off the court, you know, like she is like the sweetest person 
ever, you know, but that's that's a lot of them. I mean, even like a Lily Wahine Kapu, right? She's very soft-spoken, soft-spoken. And even on the court, she really has no it's rare when I see her like her face even change where she has a reaction to something. But she just balls out and does all this incredible stuff. So it's really fun to watch. Lily is Kawhi Leonard. That's how I think of it. She's like a robot out there. She's very fun when she's with her people. But when she's Lily Wahine Kapu, the UH point guard, it's all business. Almost uh, cyborg-like, you know? I like that comparison. Boom, there we go. But plus, we love Lily. We love Kelsey. We love this, the entire Rainbow Wahine team here at HSRN. Like, I don't they think are, any of our listeners can tell. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what a fun team they are. And really appreciative of Kelsey giving her time to us. And Olivia always does an awesome job. So if you guys do get an opportunity to, please go check that out. Because uh, it, it was fun. And even that little clip there, uh, it, it seems that... Olivia and Kelsey had had some fun chit-chatting, even if it came at the expense of giving a little bit of credit to the little brother. <laughs> and it's crazy, right? We were, Tapal and I were talking off air while that rec- that uh, was playing for you guys. And just the age gap where Kelsey's older sisters are 12 years and 10 years older than her. And then she has her younger brother that's four years younger than her. I'm an only child, so I don't really know how it is to have any siblings. Uh, Paul's sister is close to his age, but then I think to my mom, and she's the youngest of 12, and she's like in her early 60s, and then her, I believe her older siblings are either close to or in their 80s, so I'm like, man, I can't even imagine like having to, to grow up like that. What is going on? Here is Alan Mia again making trouble. I can't I can't see that far, though. <laughs> I can't read it. I'm we'll, going to have to read we'll it during to the, break. the break. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't that many. Uh, I'm being passed a note here. That many f- family members in general oh. is uh, is interesting, nonetheless. I can't read the two words. Oh on. my goodness! Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> now I can read it. <laughs> it says, actually, you're gonna have to wait to hear what it says. I'll tell oh. you guys what it says after the break. We'll be back. Wake up in the den with Kuule Agbiani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's your sunshine girl, Kule Agbayani, alongside Paul Brecht. I hope that we can and that we do light up your weekday mornings every morning here on Wake Up in the Den on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. But it's because you guys listen to us and that's why you're the beautifulest of all the beautiful people and still Amongst one of you guys is our Alan Mia uh, passing me the notes, basically saying uh, he went from almost getting my car towed to uh, a nice note. (laughs) As I I do have, well, I still have my old car in the garage and then um, I brought in my new car. And so he... He posted, he gave, he handed me a note that says, nice car, congrats on big girl kind things. Like, thank you, Alan Mia. Um, but yeah, he, he said he was freaking out at one time. Like, whose car is this? Da, 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 da. We need to get this car out of here. Which I get it because you can only, like, only certain people have, like, the clicker to get into our garage that's not that big. Um, but then AC 
filled him in on the car. So I told him my quick story about when I went to the car dealership and I thought I was going to shop around more. And that's the first car he showed me. Like, shoot, fell in love with her. And because she's matches me, she's my she matches my soul (laughs) just because it's like nice. But it's sporty at the same time. You know, the inside, all weather mats were already in there. I tried to look at, like, some of the other SUVs and, like, they're just not my the eyes same. Yep, they just kept going back to to the trail sport. And it's not a car that I see often. So even more so, I'm like, dang it. It was <laughs> so love at first sight. It was. It was. And there was only, like, 7,000 miles on it. So Easy call. Very easy call. The budget part was a little much, but it's okay. A little less easy call, but yes. still pretty easy call. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the 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 difference in price wasn't that big compared to, like, if I were to get the CRV. So, like, the the size and the awesomeness of the car that I did get was like only a few thousand dollars more than the oh. CRV. So I'm like, well, all right, well, it's gonna take me a little bit more a month, but nonetheless, it's I'd rather get. You know, it wasn't like. 10 plus thousand dollar difference it was just a yeah. few so i'm like all right i gotta go with this but yes thank you for the kind note and not towing my car away alan <laughs> oh it's so funny very, very kind things oh goodness <laughs> oh sorry i was like my mom texted me in but she was shout out mom by shout the out way mom. so she was just texting me the receipt because you know as much as my dad loves me i still need to pay for the parts uh, that he he had to change out the battery in my old car. <laughs> so she was like texting me the receipt about, well, this is how much the battery was, yada, yada, yada. So I thought she was texting in about her age gap with her uh, well, siblings. That's what, that's what I, what I was, so I was like, oh, what, she's correcting me on what the age gap was. But <laughs> it's just like, hey, here's your bill that you have to pay to your dad. <laughs> oh, well, no. at least she's communicating that. At the end of the day, communication, the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, all right, sorry, I digress. Getting back to sports. All right, so we were talking about, you know, Rainbow, not Rainbow Wahine, uh, well, we were, but Rainbow Warrior Baseball getting set to play a nationally ranked team. And because there's so much going on with UH, HPU, high school that we do here, my, um, I guess my time that I have to spend on the national sports scale except if it were football, but football's done. It's just there's so many games happening every day nationally. But I'm like, where have I been that Creighton just comes out of nowhere in the men's college basketball world? I'm sure a lot of you guys that have been listening to talk radio for like the past 12 hours or so are already well aware. But UConn ranked number one nationally and falling yesterday, not just like a close loss either. 85-66 to number 15 ranked Creighton. What in the defending national champs received 62 votes in the latest college basketball poll? 24 and 2 at the time. But oh my gosh, what just happened? Like where have I been that Creighton is is this good or or whatnot? So- I don't know where I've been. And also some of the other scores yesterday. Uh, BYU, number 25, beating number 11, Baylor, 78-71. Number 18, St. Mary's, barely squeaking out a win against unranked San Francisco. Unranked Utah State, beating number 19, San Diego State, in conference play, of course, but nonetheless, 68-63. 
over ranked San Diego State. And then number 23, Texas Tech barely squeaking out a, a win against unranked TCU, 82-81. Talk about parody in the men's world. My goodness, where have I been? I need to catch up on this. Well, we're we're... Our eyes are on the women's college basketball yeah. world because Caitlin Clark has more gravity exactly. than any other basketball player in the sport right now. But, yeah, it's really fun this year in men's college basketball for that exact reason. And we've kind of seen that with our Rainbow Warriors as well, where that parody, that randomness, everybody can be anybody this season. And we see that. Yesterday, with that UConn loss, it does extend one of the weirdest streaks in college basketball, which is UConn men's basketball being unable to win on the road against ranked teams. And this extends the streak, I think it's to to something along the lines of like 13 or 14 games, and bad job by me not to have the number ready <laughs> offhand. But it's uh, it's strange, especially after we just saw them I mean, a drubbing of Marquette, who was here during the Maui Invitational, and uh, we thought Marquette, I mean, they were the runners-up. They ended up falling to eventual champion Purdue, and uh, they lost by 28 to UConn, and it, it looked like the Huskies were going to basically kind of cakewalk their way through the rest of the regular season, mm-hmm. and uh, this this was definitely a surprising loss but you bring up the rest of the results throughout Division One, and it's it's less surprising because it goes exactly to what I was just saying. Anybody can be anybody at any time. Creighton has been a program that, you know, you, for my generation, I would imagine most people think of those Doug McDermott days for for Creighton, and mm-hmm. even last year and last few years, they've been decent. But but this Creighton squad has definitely kicked it up a notch. And uh, to see that type of win uh, against the Huskies, if you are a Blue Jays fan, a Creighton fan, it feels pretty good looking Mm -hmm. forward. And to a further point, if you're a fan of anybody, all you're hoping for is an invite to the big dance come March, because uh, who knows what's going to happen. We saw it last year, San Diego State making their way all the way to the championship game. And then you just mentioned Utah State unranked beating San Diego State. So it's a fun year in college basketball, both on the men's and women's side. Even if there isn't a player necessarily like a Caitlin Clark on the men's basketball side, there is a there is a lot of excitement nonetheless. Yeah, and maybe part of the reason why I haven't been paying attention to the men's side is because like after watching Kansas in the Maui Invitational, I'm like, yeah, they're junk. Well, they're I mean, junk. well, junk, junk by Kansas standards, at least if I, if because I've just been watching Kansas basketball for so long, I'm like, yeah, they're not that good. They're currently ranked nine, but they're a team that is not going to win the national championship. Probably bounced in like mm, third round or so. It's they won't really compete. They could shock me, but from what I've seen, I'm like, yeah, no. It's not, not a national ha- it's, title it's, 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 com- it's competitor. Not, it's not one of these years. Uh, bad job by me before, by the way. I did end up finding the number 14 way off. 21 <laughs> consecutive losses now for the Huskies. Last time they beat a ranked team on the road was 2014, January 16th, 2014 at Memphis. was the last time the UConn Huskies beat a ranked opponent at that ranked opponent's place. That is crazy town. One of the strangest streaks in all of college basketball right now. It's 10 years without beating a ranked opponent on the road. I wonder if, like, 
since it's gone that long, if you're already psyching yourself out, like when you go to the games, you're like, oh, wait, we have to break this streak. We have to win. And then maybe that gets into your head a little bit. I don't But then but then at the same time, it's not like you don't get this like a turnaround of different players like every other year so right. you just have a fresh batch of new players and a new it's team not like they haven't had new coaches either yeah. it is it is an incredibly strange streak but it was a streak that was extended last night or yesterday i guess uh because i always say last night i never know how to go about it because it was last night on the mainland but it was kind of yeah. the last afternoon yesterday yeah. but either way it was extended yesterday as the huskies fall by 28 to creighton that is crazy. Anywho, well, we'll see how the college rankings shake up next week. Uh, just going through the top 10 real quick at number one currently, but also obviously it'll change since they did lose to a lower ranked Creighton yesterday. You got UConn, Houston, Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, Iowa State, Marquette, Duke, Kansas, and North Carolina in the top 10. Over on the women's side, no surprise, South Carolina still at the top undefeated 25 and oh Don Staley is just like <laughs> she's Dawn amazing Staley's my queen <laughs> she is she's she is totally the queen and she had a lot of amazing things to say about Caitlin Clark as well after she you know broke that record and I just love all of the support going on about the women's side but Don Staley I mean everything from like just her fashion like choices when she coaches games to things that she says to how she really just conducts herself overall. And she's a real players coach, but you can tell she's hard on these women, but I, Oh, I love her so much. <laughs> I, I have the biggest coaching crush on her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not even funny. <laughs> and she's a winner, obviously. So at the end that, of the day, she's, still, she's still a winner again. South Carolina undefeated 25 and 0, but top 10 or top 10 on the women's side, starting with South Carolina Ohio State, Stanford, Caitlin Clark, and Iowa at four, a Texas, NC State, Southern Cal, Virginia Tech, Oregon State, and Kansas State rounding out the top 10. You got some UCLA in there. Oh, that's another stat that I saw just real quick when it comes to women's basketball is that if we go by what they're pacing right now, Juju Watkins at USC is like pacing ahead of of Caitlin Clark. So we talk about Caitlin Clark setting the record. If Juju Watkins were to continue on the pace that she's on right now, she, we could very well see the record get broken another three and a half years from now. And that's insane. But Juju Watkins doesn't get talked about enough. No, she does not. And uh, hopefully she stays and doesn't get poached by anybody. Well, one, I, I doubt anybody's poaching from USC. I mean, like, and, and I mean, unless. The other USC and South Carolina wants to throw True. a bag at her, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the ladies of Troy can find find some money to keep her around if need be. But I, my hope, and maybe this is, I don't know, my hope is that a few years down the line, there is enough incentive for her to leave school early mm. to go to the WNBA, that it's not this big conversation like we're having with Caitlin Clark uh, or we just saw Paige Beckers uh, announce her return for a fifth year at UConn, uh, that it's not this whole conversation, oh, they could make just as much with NIL here and blah, blah. And because that is a issue with women's professional college, mm -hmm. or pardon me, women's professional sports right now. And especially with the WNBA, I, in selfishly, I hope that she has at the very least a reason to consider leaving early. 
nonetheless, she does not get talked about enough or nearly enough because what a talent. I, I, I've seen a couple of the people who cover women's college basketball and just women's bas- basketball in general that I respect quite a bit. And they're right. Um, women's basketball is pumping out cyborgs at an alarming pace at this point <laughs> because Caitlin Clark, wild. Juju Watkins, wild. And it's only continuing because there are some wild players coming through the pipeline. Remember, we got a we got a young woman who's coming who can dunk yeah. at, at UH. So there's plenty on the way. Keep looking at this rise for women's college basketball. College basketball in general, a really, really good spot right now with the talent and parity, both in the men's and women's games. Yeah, and I mean, Caitlin Clark just passed Shador Sanders in terms of the, um, I guess, the the NIL valuation or something about like the amount that they're bringing in for fanatics. So she's worth more in that sense. Fanatics. So, (laughs) and drawing more than Shador Sanders, which is already proof on where this is all going for women's basketball. And, and yeah, to double down on what Paul said, hopefully it'll be similar to what we see in, I mean, I know it'll be a long time. Maybe it'll never come where, women's basketball will even come close to making the same amount of money as NFL. But just what Paul's saying, where hopefully there will be a significant jump in pay from NIL college to professional women's basketball, where it's like when we look at the football side, it would make no sense for any football player to stay in college for NIL money when they can take a huge leap to make professional money, especially if you're going to be a first round draft pick, like and they try to keep nil. They tried to throw out the whole Marvin Harrison thing, getting yeah, twenty million that nil. That is not even and in the NFL, it's guaranteed. It's not like in nil they can make it where oh, if you get hurt, then we don't need to pay you whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's no, you go well, to the NFL because it's worth more than your nil in college. Also true nil, by the way, name, image, and likeness. Um, you don't lose that when you go to the professional leagues it goes to what our bigger conversation with it has always been is what is your brand value um marvin harrison jr's brand value is a lot more to him than it is to ohio state so i like he takes that into the nfl with him he's still going to have nike banging on his door (laughs) to try and sponsor him or have him be a spokesperson Mm -hmm. for them whether he's at ohio state or catching passes for the bears after they trade up from nine to three (laughs) I like it. I like it. On that note, (laughs) going to go to break because we want to end this segment with that awesomeness right there. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 760, and HawaiiSportsRadio.com. You can also text us at 808 kgu one That's 808-888-5481. So I looked it up because I wanted to get it right with the, um, where I was mentioning Caitlin Clark and Shadour Sanders. So she became Fanatic's top-selling athlete in the NIL era, surpassing 
Shador Sanders. So more Clark branded merchandise was sold in less than 24 hours after she broke the NCAA women's scoring title than any other individual college athlete has sold since NIL merch was first started in 2022. How about that? Go Caitlin. She is, I, I mentioned it in our last segment, she has the most gravity of any, and I don't mean gravity on the court, but gravity of pull to watch or eyes to watch the sport of anybody in basketball right now. She, I, I would argue that she currently has the Zion Williamson effect we saw from mm-hmm. a few years back, where anytime you see Iowa women's basketball on your TV, you have to click on it. You can hate the Hawkeyes, you can hate Caitlin Clark, you can hate their coach, and I wouldn't blame you because she, she definitely has done a few things that are not fun or, <laughs> or do not look great from the outside, but... You're going to watch because she is must-see TV every single night that she takes the court, every single time she takes the court. And that's really cool for the sport of women's college basketball and the sport of women's basketball in general to have that type of player. And she's not the only one. We just talked about Juju Watkins, and I I don't want to have Angel Reese fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. This is a player who led her team to a national championship last year, and she's also going to go kick butt in the W very, very soon. And these aren't even some of the best players. Like There are other players who don't even get the national recognition because they Mm -hmm. don't have that type of gravity, but they are just as good, and they score those type of points. I mean, think about... How, how much we love our Rainbow Wahine here, and they get no coverage anywhere. And it's like, it, it's not because we don't have great players. Deja Phillips is a player who, I mean, she's, at Coach Beeman talked about, oh, you know, in Deja's words, she's a winner. Deja's a winner. Well, she, she is. is. She's won championships, like, well, pretty much every time she's played, which we didn't realize, winning yeah, four in so, high school. So then, cool, dude. Obviously, they didn't play COVID year, and then they won the past two years so it's like essentially six six in a row she doesn't know anything but winning championships and and that's kind of my thing is like you have a player who is unbelievably cool and talented in that fact here in the islands and she's not the only one we have a few really really good hoopers here for the rainbow wahine and like she's somebody who doesn't get a ton of national recognition so it's only just the start for women's college basketball it's only the start for women's basketball and it's cool to see the players that continue to get pumped out year after year after year and the ones that keep on coming because it's I thought Coach Laura Beeman put it really well where it was having water run uphill or running downhill now. It very much so feels that way with the sport of women's basketball. And that is a cool thing to see. Yeah. And speaking of Angel Reese and LSU, I think we don't hear about them as much because they haven't had the best year. It's weird, right? Because. Their record is 21-4, and four, but they're ranked all the way down at 13th. So they're not in kind of like that top five conversation. So they've kind of disappeared a little bit, but you're right, though. it's They're still a fun team to watch. Angel Reese is still one of the most popular players overall, man or woman. Like, she's just her brand, her Bayou Barbie thing has taken off, where she will continue when she goes to the WNBA. She will very much continue having endorsement deals and continue to build her brand. And it started in college, but going into the WNBA, she'll get her 
set pay or whatnot that she gets from the WNBA, but will continue to hopefully make enough money where she is someone that doesn't have to play overseas because she can just build off of her own personal brand. What NIL is supposed to be, but we all know that that's not the case in football, especially. (laughs) So that was my only hold up while I was talking last, I think last segment, or maybe it was the start of this (laughs) segment, whatever, about Marv and all of that. Like true NIL is, is just, it's a different way of saying sponsorship deals. Then there's also quote unquote nil like we just saw what florida state got slapped on the wrist with uh like hey you have to disband this collective because you can't there are certain things you cannot do uh one of yeah, those there's things not a lot of rules but there's, is a salary <laughs> there's not a lot of rules in nil but there are some rules that like you yeah you cannot break by the way like with the nil stuff and uh, i was joking yesterday that um about the auction that went on in conjunction with the Hawaiian Knights theme for the uh, women's basketball game on Saturday, that I would find the person that bid outbid me for the number 24 jersey, and I found you. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that, like, I joked. I didn't think that I would be privy to some information, and I was like, I know who it is. And I wish I actually did know who they were in person just so I could like send them a quick like message and be like, hey, give me my jersey. Dang it. But no, again, shout out. There's like we said, a lot of the local player jerseys, man, thousand bucks for some of these. Um, And then the shorts. I don't know exactly which shorts or who bid against me in the particular thing. But I just thought that was funny to share with you guys that I found out. I told you guys I would find out who beat me for that number 24 jersey, and I did. On that note, we got to go. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Akbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye!